<laughs> hey, you guys! Welcome to the Skates to Throats podcast. It's been a while. We missed you, and we love you. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Chris Patton, and as always, I am joined by the great Dakota Lashak. Dakota, say hello to the beautiful people out there. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, buddy, but I am... Uh, <laughs> it's been a while! Yeah, as soon as I heard you say that, I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to... I'm going to pull out my Aaron Lewis. <laughs> but Did you remember that weird story uh, where Kevin Smith wanted to do that? Uh, I think it was in Tusk because they did it on his podcast all the time. But he wanted yeah. to put it in the movie as a joke. And he asked the band and they're like, it's not funny. Don't do that. Aaron Lewis is such a fucking dickhead. God, I hate that dude so much. <laughs> so if we get if we get fucking sued, just know it's Aaron yeah. Lewis. Go after him, just listeners. Just know Aaron Lewis if you're out there. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be. So we cool. we got some. Did he? <laughs> like did he? Yeah, legitimately from like 1997 to 2002, he was legitimately cool. I mean, I like to. I don't know if you had their first album, and maybe maybe it wasn't their first album, but they had a uh, like, Creed. like Creed's they, first album. Creed was cool too, and then they ruined it. Well, they did that with Stained. They did something really cool on the CD itself. So if you had the CD, it had like the full album on it, but if you flipped it over, it had a bonus track on the other side of the CD, which was really kind of actually fucking cool. And they also put the track uh, names. Um, around the front of the CD, if I'm remembering correctly. And I remember when someone told me that, I was like, holy shit, there's like another Stain song on <laughs> the other side of the CD. Welcome back to the Rusty CD Ball, where we go through every band's <laughs> CD collection and pick out rare gems. I love it so much. God, Limp Biscuit. I could go on about Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Let's talk about some Limp Biscuit. Oh my God, now, you dude, guys I, speak- Like I hated. <laughs> like I, I was that guy. I said, nope, I'm, I'm not gonna say I like Limp Biscuit. But you know what? I'm, I'm through saying that. I love Limp Biscuit. I will never not love Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I don't think I ever stopped loving Limp Biscuit, and most of that ties to my love of wrestling. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stone like, Cold Steve Austin and. The Rock, yeah. Soundtrack, God, dude, that was the that was that was it. That was the defining moment. Uh, so I'm probably not the best example because I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, they did a uh, My Way or the Highway, which is one of the best yeah, video you know, promo no, he, packages they've no, ever done it, for wrestling. Uh, <laughs> my it's, generation. It's just, yeah, man. starfish. Is your man Fred Dursch? That was exactly right. You know what? I love him. Love him to death. I'm Speaking of our long hiatus, tell us about the dad vibes. Look at that. Oh, see, I, I threw that new Limp Biscuit reference in there. Oh, you did. <laughs> I it and I listened to it too. Love it just as much. Um, it's good to see them back to having fun. Um, no, it's been great. You know, uh, my daughter's going to be two here in a couple months. And, uh, uh, you know, my work schedule's finally evening out to a spot where I have consistent time off again. It's nice to have my life back, you know. I think I've lost, like, 85 pounds since the last episode we've done. I'm down to, like, 220 now, which is a happy oh, we're like, So we're, like, the same size now. So yeah, pretty much. Obvious. Dude, like, I'm just, uh, I don't know, man. But, uh, like, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this, dude. I have chomping at the bit here. <laughs> okay, well, uh, 
for the for the listeners out there, um, we're unfun- and unfortunately talking about the sad passing of yes. Mike Bossy. Rest in peace. Uh, Dakota is going to lead the majority of the show because this was his idea. So uh, I'm I'm down to talk about it, but uh, you've so consumed a lot of information in the past couple of days. So let's uh, let's start this thing off, man. Passing well, it to much you. That I've uh, like consumed so much information. It's like you know, I ran into like this this trio of hockey books at the Ollies, and I bought them, and like. I've been dying for a chance to like have a chance to reference them and use them. And I hate that it costs losing Mike Bossy to do it, but I have got some great stories about Mike Bossy and just how great of a player it was. We were going to touch on the whole Islanders dynasty thing as we were kind of looking to go back to our original format, Um, which I think is, is fun. I like talking about the history of hockey and stuff. And especially with how fast these seasons move now, like, I'll be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to watch a whole lot of hockey. I've listened, just haven't had a chance to watch a lot of it. Um, yeah, Bossy, to be fair to you, oh, yeah, go well, ahead. To be Bossy. fair to you, that yeah, the Devils and the Flyers both have been terrible this season. Well, I knew so the Devils were like... terrible. That's a, that's a perennial problem. I was not expecting the wheels to fall off so fucking tremendously as they did with the Flyers. Um, Shut up, Jack uses a butte. Yeah, um. you know what? I've had fun. Like, I'll admit it. I've I've watched a couple Devils games this season. <laughs> you know, like it, it's fun. I had fun watching them. It's uh, it's a tough year to be a Flyers fan. There are always going to be seasons like this. Um, you know, most fun. Now I can just make fun of everything because I don't have to worry about my team losing anymore because my team was never even in it. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. Uh, my uh, my girlfriend team, as I like to call them, the Minnesota Wild, they're doing pretty well. So I've oh, been cheering yeah. and rooting for them. Um, but outside of that, man, it has been a tough year if you're a Devils or a Flyers fan um, watching the Metro. The in general, if you're not the New York Rangers or the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, it's just the, the Metropolitan, like, it's still like your regular teams, your Capitals and stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm, I was going to say the Islanders, but not really the Islanders this season. Uh, a lot of the premier teams, though, have kind of taken a back seat this season, I've noticed. Right. Uh, and it's the teams that we've been saying that are coming up. Like, I know I've listened to you for a couple of years now talking about the Minnesota Wild and how they're eventually going to creep up there. And sure enough. There they are. Same with Florida Panthers. You know, I'm, uh, I mean, they got your season because, you know, my heart's still fucking broken from Claude Giroux going to the Florida Panthers. But you know what? If it's his best shot to win a Stanley Cup, I'm all for it. The guy has beyond deserved one for a long time. Uh, I love Claude Giroux to death. I, I, I guess the Florida Panthers are going to become my girlfriend team now. Oh, they look they look great. But it's fucking still the world of Tampa, right? Um, so well, that's the thing. It's going to be the Battle of Florida. Florida can tear itself apart. It's going to be. Easy. I uh, personally, I, I I want to see Ovechkin raise another cup because I love his antics after winning a cup. Yeah. So I'm going to go with 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 Washington as my pick, mostly because I'm just going to try to will that into existence. But if you had to pick right now. Knowing the playoffs are right around the corner, who would you pick to win the Stanley Cup? 
Florida Panthers. Easy, easy. Got to stick with my boy Drew. And plus, their goaltending is great. Their defense is is great. They just look like a good team. They look like a great team. Uh, they look like a great team last year. It just seems like this year they're not as inconsistent. Let's go with Lincoln. Right. Like, uh, and especially adding Drew, like, that's a big pickup. That is a huge pickup for them. And it's, they're already a good. Hang on, let me pull up the stupid app. I had it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Captain Butt Toucher himself is a good player. That was definitely a good pickup for (laughs) the Florida Panthers. Uh, It was just painful watching him play his thousandth game with the Flyers, knowing he was going to be traded like right after that. I was really surprised they didn't retain him, Um, which I know salary comes into position there, but he's one of those, one of the few players that I think could have spent a career with the same team, much like Patrick Elias or, um, I mean, there's plenty of examples. I agree with you, but like at the same time, like the guy wants to win a cup and like if if we're being really honest, like our best chance coming from now is last year. So, he, well, I mean, know, like really go back and fa- he's been playing for the same team since 2006. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, lots of people have won a cup, but there's not many people nowadays that have stayed with the same team. So like if I'm building the legacy, I don't. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like stay he would, he's the type of player right? that would come back to Philadelphia for a one-day contract just to retire with the team. That's the type of player Claude Giroux is. I'm sure that's what he'll end up doing when it comes time to that end, and I guarantee you the Flyers will retire his number. Yeah, I, I just feel bad for you guys because it's, you know, it is special to have that retirement ceremony where the guy literally played with one team yeah, the that's entire like, time. Like From the time I was in middle school – to just a couple months ago, he has been a part of the Flyers. Like, that's that's yeah, nuts. I just remember how awesome it was watching Patrick Elias uh, retire. I think if after I remember correctly, only... he's the longest tenured Flyers captain in, in the team's history. So, I mean, like I said, he's going to have a banner up on the ceiling, you know. It's a matter of time. Yeah. But yeah, it was well, sad to see him go, though. And I, uh, that was rough. I mean, it's even it was made even more rough by the fact that the Flyers have, and I didn't expect this at all, have completely shit the bed this year. Yeah. Well, like I said, we knew this back from the beginning of the season. Uh, when you have a player that goes through something like Kevin Hayes went through, that takes time to come around. And, like, Kevin Hayes is an instrumental part of that team. Whether anyone wants to admit it or not, he brings those players together. He brings... He's his antics and shit. You know, he's just a leader like that. Uh, and dude needed to grieve. And I get that. And he's had since he's started to come back, like he's starting to pick himself up to where he was. And it's great to see. It's just it was a combination of things. And then they fired Elaine Vigneault like midway through the season, which didn't really make a whole lot of sense. But then that threw everything into into chaos. And Carter Hart, unfortunately, is. Still not quite as consistent as he used to be, so there is that. I think we. I, mean, uh, I think you guys. I think you guys have this a similar problem to the Devils. I think you guys have a similar problem to the Devils, where you need a fucking backup goalie. <laughs> well, no, we had um, we had one with uh, with Cam Talbot. 
we had a great backup goalie with Cam Talbot. Uh, but it's like Carter Hart hit that one point midway through last season. <laughs> it's just never been the same since. And, like, I want to see him go back to where the way he was. And I don't know if he'll be able to do that as a flyer, and I hate that because then that's going to be another slate of 30 goalies that we have to go through before we find another good one. Right. I mean, with the, with the Devils, McKenzie Blackwood, he hasn't had a terrible season, but he has not been great to the same extent. There's been a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID protocols, et cetera, throughout the year. And they signed Bernier to come in as his backup. He gets injured, plays, I think, 10 games, something of that nature, uh, and is just gone. So then the load's back on McKenzie Blackwood, and Devils have a uh, just – fucking random rotating <laughs> um, list, list of backup goaltenders and we're at the same spot. It's the same story. We need defensive players. Uh, we need like an anchor defenseman and goaltending. And that's where, that's where the devils are at. But um, no, I guess enough about this. We gave our Stanley cup predictions or winners. Let's uh, let's get back into the meat of the subject with Mike bossy Alrighty, and that sounds good and it should be no surprise to everybody who our hall of fucking awesome candidate is today obviously this whole episode is just going to be one long hall of fucking awesome just talking about how cool mike bossy was i mean the guy literally had a promotional picture of him just standing there with the fucking blade of his stick on fire like if that doesn't scream Hall of Fucking Awesome, I don't know what was. And that is for sure going to be his picture and shit. I don't know. I'll find it. Like, I'll, uh, when I get my 3D printer, I'll 3D print, like, a, a Hall of Fucking Awesome. And every player that we've inducted, obviously, Phil Kessels is going to be the biggest and the most anatomically correct. Um, but, yeah, he'll be in there. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into yes. it. Uh, oh, Mike Bossy. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. The, the Wikipedia the big, has him listed as either Michael Dean Bossy or Michael Jean Bossy. But being he's from Canada, I'm going to I'm going to lean towards Michael Jean Bossy. Well, so, yeah, he is from, if I'm not mistaken, he is from, uh, Montreal. Uh, he's Montreal. Yeah. So it's yeah. French Canadian. So maybe yeah. that's an English. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Just the first one has him listed as Michael Dean Bossy. I'm like, doesn't sound like a guy from Montreal. <laughs> Sounds like the guy that's doing my hardwood. Michael Dean. Yeah. <laughs> or or like a, a director of like really B-side horror films in the early 90s. Yeah. Oh, is that, is that Michael <laughs> Dean production? You know it's going to be good. Um, yeah, spent his entire career with the New York Islanders. Obviously is legendary fixture in that, in that community and that team. Um, you know, big... Uh, wasn't really a high draft pick either. 15th overall in 1977, uh, 44th overall in the with the WHA draft with the Indianapolis Racers. So I imagine you got a better deal with the NHL. Uh, let's see. Grew up as a fan of the Detroit Red Wings. And that was back when they actually meant something. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, yeah, he has it. We're gonna we're gonna go through the dynasty years because this is uh this is where everybody knows him from. He's a where he, he really came onto a really came into his own when he when they became their when the New York Islanders went into their dynasty years. 
Which All is right, four, four Stanley Cups, right? When we talk yeah. about dynasty. Or, like, that's, that's the one we always talk about. Every time we have a podcast, we end up going back to the same fucking story about them in the uh, their <laughs> locker room and stuff, just like icing their knees and shit after they just won the Stanley <laughs> Cup for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah, Gretzky walking by their locker room and looking in and realizing the level of dedication and how winning a Stanley cup once you're that fucking good doesn't mean as much. It's a great Wayne Gretzky story. We've definitely talked about it on the show before, but um, before we get into the meat of this dynasty, I will say like I watched a um, clip this morning where before he even made the team, he promised to score 50 goals, (laughs) Uh, which is a ballsy ass. That's a ballsy ass promise, but as we go through this, we'll get we'll get there. But yeah. I, I saw that. I was like, do you do you know the, how much of a fucking sack you have to have? You get drafted the way he got drafted to come in and be like, I'm gonna score 50 fucking goals. I mean, you do what you gotta do to earn yourself a spot on that team. That's 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 marketing yourself before you really had agents that did it. So I mean, he was a. Uh, he signed a two-year contract in the 79-80 season worth $500,000. Uh, I think that they weren't doing too good off at the start of that season. Um, and their head coach, Al Arbor, one of the best fucking coaches of all time, obviously, um, split up uh, Clark Gillies onto one line and kept uh, Mike Bossy and Brian Trottier on the other line. And... Going through this, you're going to find out that Bossy and Trottier are like fucking just the ESP level of of knowing each other and where they're going to be. Brian Trottier, hands down, one of the most accurate passers of all time. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, with, 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 as I went through knowing that we were going to talk about this today, I, I've watched a bunch of obviously the overtime winner goal and uh, a bunch of other Mike Bossy goals headed into the show today. And I'm pretty sure Trottier assisted on all of them from like the boards, like the corner of the boards. And the fact that he's able to get him so open in the slot uh, in itself gives him a spot in the hall of fucking awesome. So we're going to have to have another episode, (laughs) another episode just dedicated to Trottier, but um well, that's it what I'm saying. Like, Mike Bossy, Clark Gillies, and uh, Brian Trottier, like that's the holy trinity when it's when you're talking about this Islanders dynasty because the, they were the ones that making up most of the uh, most of the goals. Um, well, let's see. Coming in, I'm trying to think here. Uh, got Bob Bourne. That was another uh, another part of that team. Let's see. I mean, pretty much, I would say all of the all-stars that were on that team have their jerseys retired as I, I Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Season. Like, it's hard to talk about just one piece of, like, this giant puzzle because every single part of this puzzle is legendary in its own right. Um, like, that entire that entire team's pretty much had their, reti- their jerseys retired. They had to stop retiring them because they're running out of numbers. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy looking back at uh, – I mean, I guess the closest we've gotten is kind of Tampa Bay as far as, like, full dynasties go. But, you know, when you go Even back that, and you look yeah, at, like, it's early – like a consistent thing like it used to be, you know, like where you had a team that you knew was going to dominate the entire season. And Tampa Bay has just never really right. been, like, dominant like that. Like, they're 
really good at the start of the season. They go into that lull midseason, and then they seem to pick it up right before the playoffs and squeak in and then just wreck shop in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's it's weird when you look at teams like the the time period of the Islanders we're talking about, also the time period of like the Red Wings before them and uh, the Maple Leafs before them. These long stretches of just dominance yeah, within the time. league. This wasn't like you're counting down every second that a player is out on the ice. It's like, hey, you get on that get on the ice until I call you back. You know, this was. I don't know. It's, I wouldn't say it wasn't as organized as it is today because it was very much organized still then, but it's a different style of playing, I think. Yeah, and, and I think people should keep in mind, like, four Stanley Cups in this dynasty we're talking about, there's teams that exist that don't have four Stanley Cups there's or have even been to the Stanley Cup Stanley four Cup. times. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, like, for example, in the same neck of the woods, the Rangers have one, the Devils have three. Yeah, that's another team. I wish we had Keegan here today because I know he'd be talking about his, his fucking Rangers. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, – this is the, and you got to think, you know, this is this is around the time that Gretzky was coming around too. This was – this is when you started to see the – the big name all-stars of like the eighties and mid eighties, late nineties or early nineties. Um, but funnily enough, uh, in the 80 and 81 season, there was a tie beat there. There was a, a tight race between Mike Bossy and Charlie Simmer of the Los Angeles Kings to score 50 goals in 50 games. Uh, both of them wanted to be the first to do so since the rocket did so 36 years earlier. On January 24th, both Bossy and Simmer played their 50th games. Simmer recorded a hat trick in the afternoon to fall shy at 49. And that evening, Bossy scored twice against the Quebec Nordiques in the final five minutes, including the second goal with 89 seconds left, becoming the second to achieve 50 and 50. And I actually got a telegram from uh, Maurice Richard uh, congratulating him. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Cause, like, could you imagine just having a telegram from Maurice Richard? Telling you you're a good hockey player. Well, I think I've talked about this in the past. Uh, that one, it's incredible. Uh, Maurice Richard, he's on a previous episode where we induct him into the Hall of Awesome. Not only for his hockey contributions, but his anti-racism <laughs> contributions in exactly. Montreal. Just an all-around good player. Uh, good person. Yeah, no, I cannot imagine that. It's incredible. I did watch um, some of the stuff I watched today. He's specifically talking about that, and he was two goals shy, um, game 47. And then he doesn't score for two games. He gets into the third game. He doesn't score score until the third, which was on a, a power play. He scores 49, and then at the end, he scores 50. And it's it's absolutely incredible. And to hear him talk about it and the way he talked about it, he was like, Just I like didn't it's know it was going to happen. No? Like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like he, he was just trying to win that particular game. And that's the beauty of some of these older legends when you talk about goal scoring and stuff. Something on Wiss, like, happen, you know? Yeah, if, you know, if you're like – when you look at people like Austin Matthews or uh, 
Connor. Well, I won't say Connor McDavid because I think he does play a little more old school than some of the, yeah. the younger and that's kids. Why, that's why we rank him up there with legendary players today. It's just because he has that, that thing about him. You don't see it in every hockey player, but Connor McDavid has it. But uh, it's it's not about like it, to him it wasn't about scoring the most goals. And the way he talks about it in that interview is great. He's like, yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen because I. He's like, I didn't score for two games, so I thought I was already done. And then he scores two, like you said, with what five minutes from it, he gets the power play goal, and then I think he gets the game winning goal in that game. Um, gets fifty, and Rocket Richard sends him a telegram which is great. Also, I love that during this time period of hockey, like now rocket Richard would have just flown there, yep. <laughs> but <laughs> it's crazy to think about the past in that way. It's like, you sent him a telegram. Exactly. Like uh, just like having to go to a store, like to send out a telegram. <laughs> it's just, Oh, you can't get it. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a story from uh, Tony Esposito here too, talking about how Mike Bossy was the only player to consistently get the best of him. Uh, um, the first part of this is talking about the the 50 goals in 50 seasons, so it's right around the same time. Uh, that tying goal, the one that tied him with uh, Maurice Richard, was a feed from Brian Trottier, by the way. Uh, so, like I like we were saying, most of the goals that Mike Bossy scored were feeds from Brian Trottier. Yeah, it's it's and I if people that know who Mike Bossy is and know what an elite goal scorer he was, which I did going into this conversation. But until today, I never really paid attention to how fucking awesome Trottier was at getting him the puck. I I don't know if Bossy is the same player without him. It's one of those things. It's like kind of like a bread and butter (laughs) type deal. I don't know. Well, that's the thing, because, like, I could believe that if, like, there weren't, like, four other players saying, like, dude was the most natural sniper of all time, Uh, which is true. If you look at, like, going back through his highlights and stuff and you look at his style of goals, like, he's like an Ovechkin. He just parks over in a spot and waits for the right feed, and he's lethal with it. So there was a when I was watching the stuff earlier this morning, there was this one. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but he was talking about what Bossy would do on a breakaway, which is instead of putting the puck flat, he would flip it up on its side and go five holes. So it was a shorter. <laughs> it was yeah. even smaller than it being flat. Yeah. And he's like, until this day, I've never seen anyone else try to do that, which, to be fair, the pads are bigger. Goaltenders are better at protecting their five hole. But during this time period, I mean, like, what do you do as a goaltender? <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, also so, should be mentioned that uh, Mike Bossy is the recipient of three Lady Bing trophies. Uh, not much of a fighter at all. He actually was uh, – he's been kind of a voice against fighting. Like, he's not so much been a voice against fighting because he understands the role that uh, enforcers play on the ice, especially coming from the New York Islanders. Uh, he's a big – He's a big, uh, big person against illegal checking, which is good. It's something that never really should be a thing. But uh, from what this says, he just took a lot of checks to the back over time. Um, so he's uh, well, right. He re- he uh, he retired at the age of thirty. Yeah. This conversation would be even crazier if he would have played 
you know, if he would have played the same amount of years as like Ovechkin, like how many goals would he have scored? Would he be in that top five list of goals scored uh, conversations? Uh, his career cutting so short by back injuries and stuff yeah. is kind of nuts. But you also have to remember that he's, he's coming in too. right after he's coming in at the height of the 80s goon era. And the Islanders weren't necessarily a. I, I'm not going to say they weren't a team, tough but they played team. In but a like, division. Because yeah, it was like Flyers you're in the Broad Street team. Bullies. Yeah. The Bruins yeah. were a goon team. The Rangers were a goon team. Well, no, I wouldn't say the Rangers were so much a goon team. Uh, they had goon players though. Uh, but yeah, the Flyers, the, the fucking Bruins though, those were those were goon teams through and through. It it's kind of funny because like, if you look at the opposition, which we kind of talked about earlier, later in Bossy's career, is the Edmonton Oilers, and they made sure. To not only have skilled players, but have people that could protect Gretzky. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You got you got to know what to do. Um, all right. So let's see here. Uh, Tony Esposito actually summed it up rather plainly, I think. Uh, his words for uh, Mike Bossy's stance on fighting were, some guys have it and some guys don't. That's all he said about it. So <laughs> understandable. Like, you know, if you don't want to go out on the ice and fight somebody, you're not going to want to go out on the ice and fight somebody. But there are other people who like going out on the ice and fighting people, and especially in well, this time period. Yeah, I mean, the problem with this time period is they let a lot of stuff go, slashing, hooking, etc. Fighting was more of a regulation of those rules, and then it became kind of a gimmick later in the 90s to promote the NHL. But during this time period... Uh, players play dirty as fuck and refs didn't call stuff as much as they do now. So like when you're talking about Mike bossy, it's just, he's getting cross-checked in the back anytime he gets in front of the net and it's not, it's never going to get called. Um, but that was just just hitting that same spot over and over again. And so you're just, yeah, it leads to what happened. He retired at 30. Nope. But uh, going into this uh, 81-82 season, this one's important because uh, it, set a, it set a record for right wingers that I don't think has been broken to this day. Signed a six-year contract with the Islanders going into this season. 83 assists and 147 points. His plus-minus was plus 69 on the season, which is fucking nuts. But can you imagine <laughs> 83 assists and 147 points? And that's a nice-ass plus-minus, too. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, 83 assists is the number that sticks out. I mean, you said, what was it, 100 and... 147 points, plus 69 on the season. So he had... It, that plus goals, is nuts. That he had, what, 50 goals and 83 assists? Yeah. <laughs> Something there. I'm not, I'm not good at math, but we'll, we'll just say it's close to that, right? Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like... Ridiculous. I mean, outside of like Lemieux and Gretzky, what no one was turning out fucking numbers like this. No, no, especially not. And a lot of that has to has to do with Trottier too. So, just a, a tandem that worked together. It's like uh, I would say like Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, just two players that work really, really good together. <laughs> right. Nathan McKinnon is the best center in the league. Get at me. I don't give a fuck. I. <laughs> I've been saying it for, what, three years at this point. Give this man the respect he deserves. Fucking yeah, league. 
He should have been MVP last year and got fucked over out of it. Um, so he's the MVP of my heart. <laughs> I love That's, Nathan McKinnon. I do too. I, I very much come around to him. The dude's a dude's a fucking legend. Uh, late season knee injury, limited uh, Bossy's mobility in the Patrick Division semifinal against the Penguins. Uh, still scored goals in the first two games, though. The bum knee and everything still out there doing work. Then uh, the Patrick Division finals, they face the Rangers, and Bossy scored six goals with nine assists in eight regular season games. That's not. I do. I do wish that Keegan was here now. Just so yeah, I really shit do. On the this is just like rubbing salt, <laughs> salt and burial <laughs> wounds. <laughs> um, Ooh, that's rough. That's, and that's like an the very next thing is just talking about assist. how Bossy's knee still bothered him. Like it's a, a fucking children book, but he still scored <laughs> four goals in Game Three, totaling eight points in this series as the Islanders swept the Rangers. Yeah, when you're when you're talking about that series, it's it's literally that Jesus photo, the footprints in a, in the sand, because <laughs> yeah. that sounds like I carried you numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when there was two sets of footprints and then there was only one. That was when Mike Bossy was carrying his team. <laughs> and then uh, going into the '82 Stanley Cup here against the Canucks, Tiger Williams, uh, who's been fucking with Bossy since '78, uh, told reporters he had planned to check Bossy hard. In the opening game, Bossy recorded a hat trick, including tying the game with under five minutes left, then intercepted a Harold Snepps clearing attempt to score the winner in overtime. Bossy scored again in game two on a power play as the Islanders took the 6-4 lead in game three. An acrobatic backhand goal resulted from being hit by either Williams or Lars Lindgren and was the second in a three to nothing Islanders win. So dude, just like in every game, no matter who's fucking with him, he was like, you want to fuck with me? I'll just continue scoring goals. And all the while, his knee is just completely <laughs> fucked. <laughs> the the OT goal is the best because he does uh, – he's – okay, so once again, Tradier, he dives into the board after the bad clearing attempt. It goes into the board on the right side of the goal. He dives in, he grabs it, he pops it back center into the slot, um, and Bossy is just skating as fast as possible. He shifts, changes direction, and snipes it like glove side off the post and it was his second goal off the post like that. And, uh, after the game, Richard, uh, Brodeur, not associated with Martin Brodeur at all. The goalie, when they're walking back after losing, he punches a fucking camera <laughs> because he got sniped so hard, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. And there's video of this. So definitely go watch it. Oh, I uh, got you now. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, he did win the, the uh, con spike. Con Smythe Trophy for that uh, Stanley Cup final, too, by the way. Uh, yeah, tied the way it with John Belleville for most goals in the final round. So that's another another feather in the old cap. Yeah, the way he shifts going into that slot, you got to see it. Like, he, he's going full speed at a diagonal angle. He stops, shifts, and snipes all in one motion. It's it's ridiculous. Um I, I mean, got like, to picture it like just coming like full speed and then just like fucking redirecting and whapping it like ah, it's got to look nuts. I got to see it now. <laughs> yeah, like he well, he not only does he he well, when he, he gets the putt, like it's a one timer, basically. So yeah. he hard stops, shifts his body. The puck's there and he just fucking creams it home. And you're like, that's your next level, bud. <laughs> that doesn't 
just got that this wasn't play. the time where you were trained from the time you were eight to play hockey this is like no you're just naturally that good it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah i just i work shifts at the factory i just play hockey in my spare time <laughs> i'm on a softball team like gordy howe in the yeah. off season so i can make a little extra money <laughs> exactly he's going back to the fucking night shift after the game <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh, it, it's fucking ridiculous. Definitely, I recommend everyone go out and watch at least the end of that that Stanley Cup because it's it's fucking ridiculous. Or and also, Richard thirty for thirty on the dynasty of the Islanders because this whole time, this whole this whole time period that we're talking about is just nothing but highlight reels. And then you wonder why like people on Long Island just have such a a, a passion for that team. This is why, you know. You also. You also get to see those weird Jamaican color jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not quite as bad as the it, ones yet, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, terrible. But Richard Broder getting sniped and then punching the fucking camera. That in itself, if you only watch two minutes of hockey this week, that's it's worth watching. It's pretty funny. Because the announcer's like, oh, he's not very happy <laughs> right after. It's like, no shit, dude. <laughs> he just lost an OT getting sniped, and then this cameraman tried to put the camera in his face. He's probably, he's probably pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing after the game? <laughs> uh, yeah, six, first, to goal, uh, first to score at least 60 goals in three consecutive seasons in 82 and 83. Uh so I guess the past two seasons before that, he had also scored at least 60 goals. So that's three consecutive seasons, and he's the first player to do that. Uh, 118 points on the season. Still won the Lady Bing. Uh, first team All-Star. Uh, skated the uh, 83 NHL playoffs with the Islanders' top line with Brian Trottier and Anders Kallar, another great fucking player. Uh they accounted all three of those accounted for 17 Islander goals throughout the playoffs. So it's just strapping the team right on the back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he had, um, and I'm doing this off memory. Was it nine seasons of 50 goals a season? I believe so. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't around all that long too. So I mean that's easy to look. So let's see, we got one, two, one, two. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine, nine consecutive seasons before he ever, ever dipped below 50 goals. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, like from the time he made the NHL, he was just consistent. Like, look at this consistency. This is ridiculous. His penalty minutes are always consistently low. Oh, that's nuts, man. I'm sorry, I, I'm looking. I'm acting like you guys can see this shit too, but like his his stat sheet is very it's, pleasing to look at because it's all very very nice and organized. It's not all over the place. Um, but yes, he. I mean, uh, like if you, I mean, just do nine times fifty, right? That's how many goals he scored in a nine-year span is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's like that's more goals than Jumbo. Yeah. <laughs> Like Joe Thornton has been in the league for 175 years in, in yeah, nine seasons. Right Civil War. <laughs> and in nine seasons, Mike Bossy scored more goals than him. Yeah. Like, like dude was just a natural natural scorer. Um. Yeah. I was still still through the legacy stuff here. Um. Trying to. I lost my spot. 
Oh, there we go. All right. So again, won the Oiler, uh, won a, the next Stanley Cup. This is the fourth one uh, against the eighty, uh, the Oilers in '83. Uh, and that was with Gretzky. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one with Gretzky, where you know, we. Yeah, that's the famous, yeah. famous tale we've told on this show multiple times. Scored Gretzky goal in game four, became the second player to score Stanley Cup winning goals in consecutive years, joining Jack Dara in 1920 and 21 that's a fucking name right there jack dara that's a guy that will literally stab you in the parking lot after the game that's original six level shit too so let's let's be honest the reason fighting exists in hockey is there were six teams so these guys had to play each other repeatedly yeah and it's like after seeing your coworkers for uh you know 84 games you're just you're tired of looking at them like, I get that. I, I understand. I understand completely. Yeah, especially especially if they're hitting you with a wooden stick. Like. Yeah, just whapping you <laughs> in the back over and over again. Like, come on now. 83-84, uh, uh, he started a uh, started, uh, 15-game point streak, ended in December, and then another 19-game point streak that lasted until mid-January. Uh, January 15th, he scored his 400th career regular season goal. It was the fastest to ever hit that milestone, doing so in his 506th game and a 4-2 win against the Rangers. Sorry, Keegan. Rangers are just shitting the bed. Yeah, I mean, they spend a lot of time shitting the bed until 91 when they get, uh, wait, was it, was it, no, 94 when they get messy, eh? They win the cup finally, but. Yeah, it's kind of always, always the bridesmaid, never the bride up until then, which yeah, Messier uh, factors into this as well, because he he yeah. was also part of that Oilers team uh, in 83. Yeah. Messier goes where, uh, where well, I mean, did he? He didn't go to the Kings, though, did he? I don't think. No, he ended up going to the to the Rangers. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. All right. So that's where they diverted. Um. I thought he was always just kind of right there with uh, Gretzky. Um, well, I'm trying to think here. Uh, okay, yeah, here we go. I'm, I lost my spot. Uh, 51 goals in the 84 uh, NHL season. Uh, it's a seventh season with uh, the seventh consecutive season with at least 50. And again, that like just to be able to do that consistently is nuts. Uh, first team all-star, fourth straight year, another Lady Bing, just collecting them. Might as well, like, uh, this guy's collecting them. Uh, 84 Stanley Cup playoffs, Bossy scored four times, combining in the opening rounds against the Capitals and Rangers, but then equaled that total against the Canadians. So four times against both the Capitals and Rangers, and then another four against just the Canadians, including three game winners. I, I don't have the ability to look this up now, but I'm curious if Mike Bossy has more Lady Bing trophies than Datsuk, because it's kind of a joke if you get that many Lady Bings in a row. Because <laughs> it is, it's supposed to be a sportsmanship award, but it's also like, this guy will never fight me award. Or yeah. That was the, the joke in the 80s and early, well, I would say early 90s as well. The guy that got that award is basically like getting voted most... <laughs> Most likely, most most likely to not squash a grape in a food fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I, I know Datsuk had like three or four as well during his stint with the Red <laughs> Wings when they were a top team. So it's just pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, just obviously a very classy player. If for nothing else, you can look at four straight Lady Bing trophies and know the guy's a good player. Um, this is the year they did not win the uh, Stanley Cup, obviously. This is the first time the Oilers Oilers won. Um, let's see, 17 goals in, uh, in, the post, in that postseason. Oh, wait, no, let's see. Here we go. Yeah, it was, this was the in the final game. It was held. The first time anyone held him, like he wasn't able to score. Yeah, and this is also Gretzky popping the fuck off. This is yeah, like one of the like eighty-three hundred That Oilers right? rocket just took right the fuck off. Um, and this is then now we're getting towards the end of Bossy's career anyway. This is eighty-four and eighty-five. He missed the uh, missed a bunch of the season uh, injuries. Uh, Trottier was missing time with injuries. When he came back, I think they uh, they redid the lines with uh, fucking Trottier, Brent Sutter, and John Tonelli. Um And that turned out to be a good lineup anyway, too. Um, but Bossy, when he came back from injury, did, uh, did end up joining Trottier again with Greg Gilbert as their third. Uh, was selected for which the is, which is which is hilarious because I watched an interview where they tried to split those lines multiple times, and Bossy was like, "No, nah, we just won't play." Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, I was like, "That's kind of a dick move." But then you watch them play together, and you're like, "No, nah, that makes a lot of sense." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, looking at the highlight footage of this stuff, like, you can just see they have natural chemistry, and that's nice, you know. Uh, 84, 85, he was, uh, selected to the all-star game, only unanimous choice that year, finished with 58 goals, a consecutive season of 50 plus goals, second team all-star honors, uh, lost to the Flyers in the playoffs. So, you know, not too bad for the Flyers. Didn't manage to win a Stanley cup, but you know, it's fine. 85, 86, uh, let's see, he was still on with Trottier, but, uh, I think they just kept changing him up throughout the lines through the whole year. And by mid-October, he was with Pat LaFontaine and Ari Hampa, which are two good players, Pat LaFontaine especially. Um, let's see here. Uh, reunited Bossy with uh, Tonelli and Brent Suter, and Bossy scored a hat trick to in a 4-4 to tie with Minnesota in November. I'm trying to think here. Well, I mean – I mean, the big thing here is all the other teams got better after the Islanders won four fucking cups. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but that's also four cups. <laughs> and this is also, I mean, none of these teams really fucking matter during this time period. Once Edmonton won that first cup, it was game over for the rest yeah, of the league. Yeah, Stanley was traded to the Flames anyway that season for uh, Conroy and Richard Crom. Yeah, great trade. Yeah, fucking nigga. The Calgary got fleeced on that shit. <laughs> uh, but 80, January 2nd, 86, uh, Mike Bossy became the fastest player to reach 500 goals in NHL history, uh, scoring hit twice in his 647th game against the Boston Bruins. On January 24th, he collected his 1,000th regular season point by assisting Brian Trotty in a 7-5 win against the Capitals. And a goal in that same game moved him into 10th place on the all-time scoring list, which obviously has 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 a little has changed a little since. 
four game four goal game against Calgary on March 11th included his 50th of the year, making his record setting ninth straight season in which he had scored 50 goals. And he scored his 61st goal in the last game of the season against the Devils, completing his record fifth season with at least 60 goals. I'm surprised he didn't get a hat trick against that Devils team. That Devils team was tar- that's yeah, the that, Mickey Mouse that, organization. That was like garbage Devils team. That was when they were brand new too. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, as as Gretzky referred to them, the Mickey Mouse organization. Yeah. Um, they were very very bad. As a Devils fan, I think everyone can admit they were very very bad up until '93. From creation until 1993, the Devils were a very very bad team. Uh, 86 NHL All-Star Game, Mike Bossy had an assist on a Brian Trottier overtime game winning goal in the Wales Conference victory. They did not make it past the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as they were swept by Washington. But Mike Bossy did set a new all-time record by scoring his 83rd playoff goal. He was named a first-team All-Star and again won the Lady Bing Trophy. (laughs) I mean, at this point, like, I'm trying to think, like, I know... Like, I know you can't, like, change the name of the Lady Bing Trophy, but if the guy's won it so many times at this point, should you just change it to the Mike Bossy Trophy? Or create a new trophy. Yeah, like, they, right. there should be a Mike <laughs> Bossy Trophy, at least. Because this, this dude is just a, a fucking stat sheet in and I'm a, he's, he's like a living stat sheet. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, like, I know Datsuk won it a lot. I think, like, yeah. five or six times. So... Oh, well, It'd be really funny if Dad Suk had the, uh, the, the Lady Datsuk Bossy trophy. trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Pavel Datsuk this year. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty good. Camp, uh, this is where the back pain starts uh, starts to become more of an issue. Uh, it had a hiatus of four games, after which Bossy returned strong, scoring 12 times across 12 games. So that's a, that's a point again. That's like a goal a game. That's nuts. In addition to recording nine assists. By Christmas, Bossy had 22 goals, but was playing through pain and was not at his usual level. Uh, January 6, playing on a line with uh, Gilbert and Trottier against Minnesota, Bossy scored twice and was still on pace for another 50 goal season, but then he missed seven consecutive games in January as his back pain flared up and where doctors were at a loss for a diagnosis. So let's see. Uh, Bossy had broken his. Oh well, yeah. Wait, can we, let's, let's let's go back to the doctors are at a loss for the diagnosis. The diagnosis yeah. is like all of his spine is fucked up because. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the next sentence, it was believed that he was putting undue strain on his back by skating in a manner to take pressure off his knee, which had required surgery when he was a child. So I guess he was just skating in a weird way, and they couldn't figure it out. Uh, he was voted to be the starting right wing representing the NHL against the Soviet Union in the Rendezvous 87, which is a oh God, the Rendezvous 87. Oh, man. Uh, in the 87, that was the one. That's what replaced the uh, All Star game that year. Was the Rendezvous in Soviet the Soviet Union? I think that was the last one too. Who, I'm not who sure won I, that? Who won that game? Because I don't well, remember I don't right offhand. Soviet Union. Okay, so game one. What game one went to the NHL All Stars. Game two went to the Soviet Union. So it ended up tying. Oh, uh, okay. Because I know we didn't cover this. And also, if you guys are interested in Holy Soviet shit, look at this Union hockey, line of, God. 
<laughs> yeah, look at the lineups of all of those teams. Dude, the goalie's Clint Malarchuk. He's the dude that got his fucking neck slit on the ice. <laughs> Um, we didn't cover this one in our, our uh, USA versus. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't cover it um, with. Uh, what is the world versus Russia hockey or whatever? I don't yeah, remember what we called it, but that was like our first those episodes are out there. Yes, those were the first episodes we did. I always go back and listen to them. We had so much fun on this. Uh, I, I guess we can add another one to that list because I'm for sure going to want to fucking talk about this one. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are gonna get the part three. Oh yeah. We did. Uh, we did. We did the summit That's series. We did the flyer series. Now we got to do the rendezvous, I guess. Yeah. Uh, just the name of that alone is fucking dope. The rendezvous '87. Sounds like a porn convention. I will say uh, the summit series, by far, as far as hockey history goes, is one of my most favorite things to learn about, listen about, listen to people that are there, um, listen to player interviews that were part of it. It's going on just that, <laughs> not alone. Oh yeah. His fucking promo. That's <laughs> yeah, at the end of the game. Yes. Hands down. <laughs> where he's best, like, I don't best. know why you guys are out here booing us. We're, we're trying our very best. We're, we're out best. here playing our best and Being very nice. We don't appreciate Appreciate it. Fucking <laughs> love him today. Uh, oh, what if we just get drunk and beat the shit out of him? <laughs> They're like, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so that's Mark- not the, the the that's the uh, that's the uh, sorry I, I may I may have said Summit Series. The Summit Series is where Canada beats them, which is yeah Canada. The Rendezvous '87 was NHL All Stars versus the Soviet Union's All Stars. Yeah, yeah, I, I threw Bobby Clark, uh, Bobby Clark in there. I shouldn't have thrown Bobby Clark in there. That's the oh, no, uh, Bobby Clark was Summit Series, but still, you can always throw Bobby Clark in there. I'm, he'll go over there anytime. He didn't even need a, need an excuse. God, he was also was he was also part of the the Flyers stuff though too as well, yeah. right? Yeah, he was. See, if uh, we ever need a weapon against this Russian uh, threat that's out there, just send Bobby Clark. <laughs> How many times do I have to fucking tell you guys? <laughs> you just see him rolling up his sleeves. <laughs> He's just beating the shit out of Putin. He gets invited to one of those Putin hockey games. He's like, joke's on you. <laughs> he thinks he's going to play like nice and gentle and stuff. Bobby Clark just comes out and fucking checks him across the ice. <laughs> Brings out Breaks his fucking knee. <laughs> Let's him go in on a breakaway, skates him down, and breaks his knee. <laughs> you just see him slash with a stick. <laughs> the ref, what's the ref going to do? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but, yeah, 86 is uh, 86 is where he scored 38th goal of the season, uh, tied Pat LaFontaine for team lead, uh, sat out most of the uh, most of the postseason. Or most of the season, Russ is back for when they did go to the playoffs. Um, scored a power play goal in the opening game and then uh, was hit by Lou Franchetti in game two. Missed the rest of the series. Uh, let's see. Returned to the ice in the fourth game of the Patrick Division Final against the Philadelphia Flyers. Wait. Scored his 85th career goal. <laughs> Wait, we have to we have to we have to stop for a second for what was it? Pat <laughs> Franchetti. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. That guy. Uh, that guy's Lou a mobster. Franchetti. Sorry, Lou Franchetti. <laughs> Lou, Lou. 
Franchetti. Lou Franchetti. <laughs> Uh, tight, gonna, tight, gonna, tight lips, Lou. Oh, tight lip, Lou. All right, play for the Capitals. That sounds like some of the old Capitals would have. Got Lou Franchetti on the ice. He'll break your fucking kneecaps in the locker room later. Uh, <laughs> I wish that guy was the best goon of all time, just because that name is so yeah, great. That name him, so... Yeah, that name makes him sounds like he's the guy you come see when you get to the team first. You have to fucking give him your lunch money. Yeah, he's Otherwise, like... he beats you. I, I'll uh, do this for you, but you're gonna owe me a favor. Just maybe you know, ask me a little something later. Uh, he, he went to training camp in '87, but with his back being as bad as it was, he went underwent a series of tests and X-rays on his back, and doctors eventually concluded that he had two lower discs or two discs in his lower back that were damaged and could not be repaired by surgery, leading him to sit out the '87-'88 season in favor of therapy. Uh, and in that time off, Bill Torrey had offered to trade Bossy to the Canadians, um, but Bossy didn't want to do that. Classy guy. Um, the Kings. <laughs> are the oh yeah. I'm oh, just laughing because Gretzky the Canadians. Went the, the, yeah, Bradsky <laughs> went to the Kings, and uh, Bruce McNall also offered Mike Bossy to sign with the team as a free agent, but Bossy declined this as well because uh, he didn't think he'd be able <laughs> to meet expectations and like. To be able to fucking say that, like, dude, again, there's a reason this guy won four Lady Bangs. Just the realest dude there. I mean, there's, 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 there's being the realest dude there is, and there's also just getting fucking paid. Also, I'm surprised yeah. Montreal didn't make that trade happen because they're like the kings of making shitty trades. Yeah, right. Like especially in that time period with Bruce McNabb. Yeah, totally. Uh, Bossy officially retired in October of 88, having played his last game at the young age of 30, ended with a go- with a tally sheet of 573 goals, 553 assists, and 752 NHL games, all with the Islanders. The Islanders retired uh, Bossy's uniform number, number 22, on March 3rd, 1992. Second Islander afforded that honor after longtime teammate Dennis Potvin. So that's Mike Bossy, obviously just one of the greatest players to ever put on skates and, and, and skate on ice. Also, apparently one of the nicest players. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> one of the, like, give you the shirt off his back, help you change a tire if you needed. Uh, like yeah, he's... Franchetti. Edmonton Franchetti beats them, their buses up. broke down, he, he replaces the alternator <laughs> kind of guy. Yeah, just... Nicest person you could have, like I guess one of the nicest players to ever play the game. Accurate too, obviously. Looking at this this fucking this tally sheet, uh, most consecutive 50 goal seasons, most 50 plus goal seasons, not necessarily consecutive with nine. He's tied with Gretzky. Uh, most 60 goal seasons, five still tied with Gretzky. Highest goals per game average, like 0.762 goals per game. Jesus Christ. That's it's fucking ridiculous. That's, that's fucking, ridiculous. That's like, that looks like a goalie stat, dude, but that's a player stat. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's pretty much a goal a game. Let's say if you round up, that's a fucking goal a game. <laughs> that oh. should not be a thing that exists. That's like a good goalie stat, too. <laughs> yeah, it's that's fucking nuts. Like that's a that number in itself should be like what they put on his like cough like on his uh, tombstone. <laughs> 0.72 goals a game. 
Yeah. Y'all already know what it is. Yeah, like, that's if I was writing as Tombstone, that's what I would say. <laughs> um, no, all joking aside. Yeah, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1991, and as of today, inducted into the Hall of Fucking Awesome as well. Right. And if we were alive during this time period when they inducted him into the Hall of Fame, we probably would have put him in the Hall of Fucking Awesome. Because ridiculous, ridiculous career. We've definitely talked about him on the show before. This is the official induction. I don't think we've gone into depth like we have today. So, yeah, for sure. Hall of Fucking Awesome, first ballot, hands down. Scott Scott Stevens is letting him in. He's still guarding the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's taking the velvet rope down. Mike Bossy yeah, is cruising on in to so the, the most illustrious podcast hall of, of fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. He's hall got of fame nice in general. Frame. He's got like the nice polished frame and stuff. And then you got Proberts, which is just like fucking diamond plate and like rusted diamond plate. Love them. Love Probert. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is not. So this is a question I had for you because their careers overlapped where Bossy started having injuries and stuff and Gretzky took off like a rocket. Yeah. If Bossy doesn't have the problems he has, are we talking about Bossy right now instead of Gretzky? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to say because Gretzky. Yeah. I don't really have a bad season other than the 86, 87. And that's when he fucking retired. So like every season before that, he always scored at least 50 goals. And like Where Gretzky you're talking consistent wise over over a length of time, like Gretzky started too late. He'll never be he would never be able to keep up with that consistency. Well, the, I mean, the crazy thing about Gretzky is that he also scored like a hundred goals in a season. Oh well, so I mean, it's Gretzky we're talking about. So so that's so that's like two seasons of bossy, but at the same time, he didn't score fifty goals nine, nine seasons, seasons in, in a row. row. So what would those numbers have looked like if he could have played as long as Gretzky and been healthy the entire time? I think we'd be looking at a different all-time goal scorer later. At least someone closer to Gretzky, you know? At least close, right? That's that's like, the big thing. At least close yeah. and yeah. more recognized. Because, I mean, I think that diehard hockey fans and uh, statisticians and people that were around in that era, they really prop up Mike Bossy. But if, if you're just getting in into hockey for the first time, it's not a name that gets talked about a lot. No. Uh, as far no. as legends go. But the you know, more you're gonna you hear your little and the your... more you realize, like, Jesus, this dude was a legend the whole time. Right, and I'm guilty of this as well. Like I knew he was a great player, but I didn't know how fucking great he was until um unfortunately he passed away and, and we decided to talk about it on today's show. Like I didn't realize how fucking good he was. I really didn't uh, Honestly, and I like I like I wish I would have. But that's the cool thing is like, you know, I can go I can go throw on a round of NHL 21 and play with the Islanders legacy team. And sure enough, there there's Mike Bossy right there at wing. <laughs> well, I know how good he is on the video game, but that oh, doesn't. Like, <laughs> ridiculous, man. Yeah, he's he's pretty good on that game. Mike Bossy should be in your your hut lineup. <laughs> it's not. Hall of fucking awesome now. Uh, but yeah, just good stuff all around, man. And rest in peace to a legend. Us over here at uh, both Geek Vibes Nation and uh, Skates to Throats, sending well wishes to all of his friends and family for the unfortunate passing. 
entire Islanders community, both for the season and, and for this now. Somewhere right now. Uh, a very angry Islanders fan at me. Why? What? Why? Why? Why are they angry at you? We just we just put him over so hard. No one well, can yeah, get mad at you. It's just the last thing I said was I'm sorry for the season and now this because they weren't having a good season either. Uh, oh no! Last game I watched the Islanders play and they beat the shit out of the Devils and it was pretty tragic. So it is the Devils. Uh, Mm, feels bad. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. I felt that. Not too much. <laughs> oh shit. Who, who's uh, who's the guy that's saying still rock and roll to me? It's like Billy. Uh, uh Billy, not Billy Idol. Is it Billy Idol? No, it's not Billy Idol. It's a uh, still rock and roll to me. Well, I don't what the fuck know. is that, that guy? Sounds like a bunch of gibberish nonsense. Well, it does sound That's like a, a bunch of gibberish. He sings fucking piano, man. What is that guy's name? Elvis? No, not fucking Elvis. <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. It's, it's, uh, hold on. I'm going to have to look this up. Billy right? Joel. Billy Joel. There we go. Old Darth Vader himself. They should remove his jersey because of the awesomeness of Mike Boss. He should just get two. Because <laughs> for some reason, he has a hanging rafter in Highlanders Stadium. You ever heard about that? Seen that? You know what I'm talking I about? He's played, the, he's played the most there. That's like where he comes from. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Like Bruce Springsteen. The Springsteen doesn't have a jersey hanging up at the Prudential Center. Yeah, that's because he's from New Jersey. New Jersey doesn't give a shit about anybody. Long Island's definitely. <laughs> Long Islanders care about themselves. What? <laughs> like, uh, take that down. Put another bossy jersey up there. Well, that's like the fucking. That's like the Kings with their damn Taylor Swift thing hanging from the rafters. I'm wondering why they haven't won a damn Stanley Cup since then. Uh, Taylor Swift's awesome though. That's that's their fault. Not that's, Taylor that's awesome, fault. but she's a curse for that stadium. I don't believe in that at all. I think it's because they signed a lot of players to twelve million dollar contracts and somehow didn't get accused of circumventing the cap. Hey, the Flyers of the West. All right, they're the Flyers of the West. They signed fucking quick to a ten year, ten million dollar contract. Pretty much. Almost the same contract they signed fucking Kolvachuk to. Devils get <laughs> God damn it. I'm not doing this again. I've already done this on the show. How are you bringing up Kolvachuk? It's just making me think of the Thrashers. And I've already watched that stupid fucking 30 for 30. So I'm just going to tell the NHL I have a billion dollars and want the Thrashers to come back. It'll work. It's worked before. Been, It'll work again. I've been low-key messaging Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, who is the son of Nick Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm like, you know you want to bring Thrashers back to Atlanta, Doc? <laughs> you know Atlanta wants a hockey team. Just do it. Do it for me. Like, just, if you're not doing it for do me, it. do it for yourself. Help me. <laughs> do, it, do, it for, do, it, do it for yourself. <laughs> you can get Evander Kane. He could be a legacy player for us. <laughs> no one else wants him. Yeah, I mean, fuck, I'd take Evander Kane back at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I would just take any hockey, even if the team was complete Dude, garbage. I will, I, would I, will just go overseas. I will go overseas. I will drag. I will drag uh, Yara Mary Yager. 
back into the NHL just so he can play for the Thrashers again. He <laughs> probably would. Play. I'll, I'll take him. Can't give a fuck. I read this article where Yarmir Yager once placed $1.5 million in sports bets within a year. Not related to hockey, but just sports in general. I want to place bet on sports. I place the bets on sports, please. Give me one sports bet. There's oh. a great video of... Um, not Pavel Datsuk... Uh, who's another longtime player for the Detroit Red Wings played at the same time? Uh, Backstrom? Nope. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of his name. But anyways, like, he he was doing Yager's training regimen, which is wearing a weighted flak vest and just skating until you throw up, basically. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he was like, Yager's stupid. <laughs> he just thought, he was like, this is dumb. <laughs> Yeah, clearly he's he's like fucking 118 and still playing hockey. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. Uh, I I will remember the name after the show, probably, but I can't can't think of it. It always does. But anyways, I guess that's that's a show. We did that. That was fun. That was. That was a good one. That was – I mean, it's it's nice when you have a player that, like, you can just – like dig and dig and just keep finding stories. Like I, it gave me a reason that it justified my purchase of the book. So honestly, I, I just have to say thanks for that alone. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you went to Ollie's, which is a I nightmare. Did. I, of a store, so. I did it. I went in there. I go in there all the time. I love it. But, uh, Hey, we're going to end this out. If you want to go ahead and give your credentials, Dakota, yeah. send those out there. Yeah, I am, uh, of course, Dakota LaShock. You can find at LaShock Dakota on Twitter. I don't really post. Um, I'm not really the most social person, but, hey, you know, I've got time now again, so maybe that'll change. Um, always happy to do this podcast with you, bud. I'm so glad to fucking be back again. This was, this was a lot of fun. Thank everybody for listening, too. It means a lot. <laughs> and if you want to talk to me, you can – Talk to me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, on Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton, on Instagram. <laughs> I think it's just Chris Patton on Instagram, actually. Okay. Open up the scroll of all the socials. <laughs> all of the socials. But as always, we've said this before, Henrique, it's over. <laughs>